Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And this is our Thursday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we take some of the most uh, exciting people, some of the most exciting events, and we different talk about people. Them. Different, different people. people. Some yeah. people that are different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and try to help you navigate through uh, some things that maybe you didn't know before. That's right. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's a good conversation. We're so glad you're joining us. If you're watching us on Facebook, make sure to like the video and share it. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on uh, YouTube, make sure to subscribe and get the bell on so you get notified every time we uh, upload one of these uh, yep. videos. Yep. Um, here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check us out on Facebook and go ahead and check out our website at www.churchofvictoria. Uh, excuse me. ChurchVictoria.com. ChurchVictoria.com. Yeah, I it. said that right. You I said that right. See, you were trying to go so fast. You, you <laughs> I was, my brain was like, wait a minute, what, what did I just say? Yes, Church of Victoria. Something I, I want to is if you just kind of stumbled on us, this is Central Church of Christ in Victoria, Texas. In Victoria, Texas. Yeah, yeah. because there are a lot of other church, Central Church of Christ, but this one's in Victoria, Texas. And if you happen to come through here sometime and you're watching from somewhere else, hey, we'd love to have you stop Absolutely. by and say, hey, guys, give us a give us a heads up. Let us know that you're in town and. Maybe we can get together and have coffee or something. No, well, I'm not eating drinking coffee. No. no. Right, you want to go get a cup of coffee, Dan? No. Oh, uh, no. I'm not, <laughs> not drinking coffee. I had to make it yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Like to gag me. <laughs> sorry, guys. Right. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, if you come to this church, you know Dan Spade Dan does doesn't not do coffee. Drink, does not do coffee. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so, anyway. So, we're going to be in Chapter 15. We are going to be in chapter Genesis 15. Genesis chapter 15 is where we're going to be. Um, so this, is a, this is a good run of chapters here. We're going to have some real interesting stuff that we're going to get into. So, Understand some guys, too. We're not, going to, we're not really trying to do verse by verse. No. We're just, we're just kind of giving highlights from a chapter. You know, we'd really like to get through the Old Testament sometime in our lifetime. You know, and <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't move along, we're not going to get there. So I just want to say Happy New Year. It'll, it's, uh, That's this, right. This class will actually, it looks like this class is going to come out on the 31st. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, and it's hard. We, we started decided we're going to just talk about that because we are taping this on Monday the 14th. The 14th. <laughs> Is when, yeah, I forgot what the date was. Yeah, you know, so and so it won't come out because we were we're not going to put one out on Christmas Eve. There will not be a, a class Correct. aired on Christmas Eve. Correct. So this class will actually won't come out till the week after. So that will be uh, New Year's Eve. That'll be New Year's Eve. They'll come That's out right. So we are going to put one out on New Year's Eve. Y well, yeah, of course. Okay, it's just New Year's. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, well, we're in Genesis chapter fifteen. Uh, that was is where we're going to be picking it up, brother. Why don't you go and start let's, us off in a word? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, for bringing us to this point. Thank you for being our God and for being so awesome. The things that we can that we have to be thankful for, the things that we can reflect on in our lives for this past year. There has been a lot that's gone on this year, but so much to be thankful for. We have a relationship with you. And for those that are watching, that is a possibility for them as well if they don't already have one. Father, we pray your blessings on each one of our, our, our audience as they watch and as they navigate through this. We pray, Father, that something will be said today that will spark an interest and spark a, a connection to you. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me ask you, brother, have you ever been absolutely, positively, 
100% certain of something in your life that you just knew this is the way it is, and then you were wrong. <laughs> Lots of stuff. <laughs> Man, when you're a teenager, you think everything you think is <laughs> perfect. It is right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I thought my life was, I thought everything was perfect. You know, when I was navigating through all the nonsense I was doing, thought it was right. You know, come to find out it wasn't. You know, it was not, it was not healthy what I was doing. So, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was right. Thought I was a good parent until people told me that I wasn't a good parent. You know, I mean, it just, it just, there's, there's every, there's things in our life, always stuff in our life that, that we think a hundred percent we've got a handle on it. You know, man, people that know me, man, I got it. I, I, I got it. I can have an attitude a bit. I, I can be arrogant. My wife, you know, I told her it ain't arrogance. It's just confidence. <laughs> it's not, but, you know, and so guys like me, we always think we're right. We think, you know, we, have, but, but, uh, but I've got a, I've got a, a, a need to, uh, I want to, I want to know what the truth is. And I think we talked about it some when Ecclesiastes, you know, we, we looked at that and, and, uh, and yeah, I thought I, I, I thought I knew exactly what it was saying, but you know, I, I, I came to a point where I looked at it and said, wait a minute, this is saying something I really didn't understand. I didn't really look at before. And so, you know, I mean, knowing that you're absolutely competent and knowing absolutely that you're right, I think that's a recipe for disaster hmm. because none of us is a hundred percent all the time. None of us, you know, we're, you know, just because you think you're right, doesn't make you right. It just doesn't. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there are a lot of things in my life I thought I, I thought I had a handle. I thought I had the world by the tail. Found out that the world had me by the tail, not the other way around. So it just, you know, that's, I think that's a, that's a misconception that people have that you can be 100% right and 100% sure of something. I promise you, if you think you know something, just wait around. You're going to figure out you don't know half of what you think you know. You know, when it comes to people, when it comes to jobs, when it comes to talent, when it comes to anything. You're, you're not going to have it all together. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to there, there's guys that study this book a lot longer than us that could teach, that teach us a thing or two every once in a while. So you're not going to always have a, always not going to have a handle on everything. If you think you are, man, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be miserable mm -hmm. at some point because the world's going to reach up and slap you right in the mouth when you think you've got a handle on it. Right. Am I not right? No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and, and we deal with people all the time that, you know, I, I have to deal with myself in the mirror and realize that, man, Dan, you're not what you think you are. You know, and of course, I got a lovely wife who, who can, who has, does not have a problem making sure that, that m making sure at the time that I was, that I was uh, not so full of myself. And uh, it didn't work sometimes, but, <laughs> but she tried to keep me on track and keep me, keep me straight. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's it's very easy. Uh, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say, but I think it's very easy for us to to uh, to get caught up in the nonsense of that. Sure, I am right, 100%, and you can't tell me any different. Mm -hmm. It's a dangerous place to be. Well, it's a sad place to be because you're going to be sad. Because at some point, you're going to run everybody off that's close to you. People are not going to want to be around you when you, when you are, are have that mindset and have that attitude. Because people have nothing to offer you then. 
because if you if you come across that way, you're not going to have any anything anything to gain from having people in your life, and so people are going to accommodate you, and they're not going to be in your life. That's what'll happen. And so, you know, looking at yourself and saying, "What are you going to be able to teach me? Can you teach me something?" You know, it's like I used to teach my boys, and I think I've said this before: if you're going to go in the woods, learn something every time you go, and if you're not learning anything, stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods if you're not going to learn anything because you're going to bring disrespect to God's creation. You're going to do something that you shouldn't be doing in there. Uh, and, and, and maybe you're going to get hurt there. So learn something when you go. And I think that's a, that's a, a mindset that all of us can have. You know, if I'm going to open the book, am I willing to learn something today? Not willing to say, okay, God, I already got this. I'm just going to read it and just kind of <laughs> just read through it some more. But can, what are you going to teach me today? What am mm. I going to learn today? Mm-hmm. Ain't none of us ever going to get to a point where I open that book and I know everything about that book. I know there's some people out there that think they are, that think they know everything. But let me tell you, you know, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get a rude awakening when you find out one day when you have to stand for God and find out you didn't know everything you thought you knew. You're not as good as you thought you are, and uh, you know I'm I'm willing to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn what the truth is. That's what I, some. You know, we just went to see Bernice, mm-hmm. and she asked me who was the greatest influence. And I said, at the beginning, nobody. I started learning from myself because I was struggling, you know, wanting to know what the truth was, and I still want to know what the truth is. I want to know. What's the truth? Help me to learn the truth. So, you know, and, it, and it's, uh, uh, you know, that that's, I know some people that aren't like that. Yeah. You do too. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's sad when it's people that are, it's sad when it's people that's in the world that think they have a handle on all this stuff. But it's really sad when it's someone in the church that thinks they have a handle on all this stuff. That's really sad. Because it, because it's, uh, that's. uh, Well, you know, whenever we sit down with the word of God, the goal should be, as, as one of my instructors would once say, you know, the goal when we sit down with the Word of God is to lay our lives right alongside the Word of God. And where we see differences, I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to change what the Word says. Mm-hmm. If we come to the Word with the attitude that says, I know it all. I already know everything here. I mean, it, you're not giving God an opportunity to change you. You're not giving God an oppor- opportunity to grow you. Mm-hmm. I mean... <sighs> Do I remember... I, I took one of those sunset classes and, and Lee's in the other room. Maybe he'll remember. There was a there was a time I don't remember where we were at, what class it was. If it was a Colossians class or something, and there was a word named called tupos, hmm. and it meant the pattern or the. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember doing a class. I don't remember who it was for, and I and I took one of my wife's sewing patterns, and I laid it down on top of it, and I said, "You see what do you see?" And and it wasn't the. And I, if I, if, is that right that that, that word is in? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think I remember that. You know, and it, you know that's what we're supposed to do is lay our lives on this, and lay it out, and then we can trace our lives out. Correct. Yeah. On the book, that's what God is intending for us to do. Well, if you come at this, well, well I already know what this all says. Well, I don't need to anymore. Well, then you're not going to trace your life out on the on the pattern of the word. 
I know what word you talk about. I don't remember specifically if it is tupos. I think I can't. I just kind of. I know it, it's. It sounds like that. It's very close. I, I don't want to bank on it, but it's the the pattern is yes. what you're talking about. Yes. And I, I do know what you're what you're referring to. And so we do see that in the New Testament. We see, I believe we see Paul talking about the pattern of the teaching, yeah. which I left mm-hmm. you. And so absolutely right. Well, and we're encouraged to follow the examples. You know, mm-hmm. Paul encourages that in the book of Philippians. We see that encouraged uh, in the book of Ephesians. Well, he says in 1 Christ. Corinthians 11, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's right. You know. So, I mean, there, you know, in fact, at the in the end of Philippians in chapter 4, he says, you know, it's if there's, if there's any worthy example, dwell on that. Mm-hmm. You know, hold that, you know. He actually talks about following the examples twice. In chapter four, in chapter four, well, but I think part of I think that we we look at this, and the reason we're looking at this is because because we need to we need to be able to connect the dots to the New Testament. How right. we're going to connect it, and and I think there's always stuff that we're going to learn, you know, especially when we get into the prophets. There are not be things, if we have an attitude that says we know it all. Well, that's a problem. See, that's what we're trying to combat. That's against. That's going to be a hindrance. Yeah. That's what we're trying to combat against. This class, especially, is trying to say, hey, guys. You know, don't have the attitude that you know everything. You know, because you don't. You you don't know everything. And and that's gonna get you into trouble when you think you know everything. You know, God's gonna come up and chat and, and surprise you with something you had no idea about. Mm. And and it and he may just do that through the word. He may just and you know, and and, and you know that uh, I just it's when I see that in people I want to grab and say, wake up, don't do this. Uh, you know, I mean, be confident what you know, absolutely. Be right. confident what you know, but be guarded because you don't know everything. Well, be, we're, not, we're not saying that you can't know anything. That's not no, what we're saying. No, absolutely what not. What we're saying is when you come to the Word of God, have a little bit of humility and accept that there might be something here God's going to teach you, even if you've read through. I mean, look, there's a reason you know, I mean, Dan, how many times have you read through the book? Oh, lots. Yeah. You know, I still read. You know, in fact, I, I've been listening to the book on audio. That's what I do uh, quite a bit now. And I just listen to it as I, as I go about my tasks. I'm doing it. It's just constantly dwelling on it. And it's great. And I, I, catch, I catch all sorts of things that I, I hadn't ca- caught before. Mm-hmm. You know, if I read it, what ends up happening is I'll read one verse and then I'll spend two hours connecting that to everything yeah, else. And yeah. I can't. So exactly if I just I listen yeah. to it, yeah. uh, I don't have that problem as much. But uh, it's fantastic. And I learn things all the time. I'm in, uh, I'm in uh, Second Chronicles right now. Well, It's amazing. But people will say, yeah, but you're young. Yeah, you're supposed to learn something new all the time. Oh. I've already been there and I've already learned it all. And that's that's dangerous to be Absolutely. there. I mean, Abram here is 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 gonna is navigating through this thing, and he's gonna learn something every day. And this is the guy that God's called to be. He he's carrying the seed of God in him. The seed that was promised to to Eve is he's carrying this. Mm-hmm. You know that that seed is there. We're gonna be connected to him in Galatians chapter three. We're gonna be connected to him as as his offspring in a spiritual sense down the road. So, and, and he doesn't have a clue. I mean, he's making mistake after mistake after mistake. Be, uh, give yourself room to make the mistakes that you're going to make. And, and then trust God that he's going to save you anyway. Well, and have you ever seen that, that brother or sister who says, this is the way it is. Mm. And then 15 years later, it's like, what yeah. happened? I saw it, I saw it in, a, in an individual uh, when it came to marriage and divorce. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's one that that happens quite a bit with. 
and he was adamant, adamant, until it happened in his own family. Then he had to then he had to go back and rethink, and he had to go relook at it. He had to relook at at what was his stance on 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 this. What where was the grace that was in his life? Where was it? Where was the where was the unforgivable sin part of it? Where was that? He couldn't find it, and he had to rethink. And it happened to him. And I believe God did it to him. You know that that I don't know that God caused it. But I'm not saying that, but that God allowed him to go through that because he needed to learn. He need, and he and he did and he grew and and he and I talked about it and how much how how many people he had maybe destroyed because he had such a such a staunch you know unbending unwavering attitude about something that he said I was completely wrong and he was the guy that said he said when you attack someone remember that you're going to attack their whole family not it, just that person you know it's one of the one of the greatest things that we have in God is his grace and his forgiveness. Absolutely. That's the wonderment of having a relationship with him. So I, my, I, I guess I'm confused that people don't take advantage of that. Now, not, not take advantage of it in a bad sense, but take advantage of it in the sense that, you know, this is what I think right now based on what I've studied, but I'm always open to what God has in store for me. I'm always open to, to hear the word of God and be and willing to change based on what I what I'm learning and what I'm seeing and what I'm studying. Well, you have to ask yourself: Has the plan that God has in place for me unfolded all of it yet? Mm. And if the answer is no, then there's new stuff coming. And I'm and I'm I may be surprised just going around the next bend. I may be really surprised. So I got to ask, you know, if the answer is no, the plan is not yet unfolded all of it. I'm, that means there's more chapters to this book of my life, and what is that going to mean? I don't have any idea. Well, and is it is it safe to say that if you're still kicking, if you're still up and running, yes, I'm still moving. Yeah. I mean, Abraham. But Abraham that was means out. I don't know everything. Right. All right. I don't even necessarily know everything about the Word. Do I know more than most? Yes. Do I know enough to to get me? Th- yes, I do. Can I can I teach it? Yes. But I don't know it all, and I'm going to learn some more because God's still teaching me. He's still training me. You know, just like Abram is going to is going to learn and grow, and he's going to become better and better, and and he's going to it, it's going to, you know, it's it's going to be impressive to watch him as he grows. Well, speaking of that, let's get into 15. Okay. This all is, right. I think, we see some of the culmination of his growth. You remember in 13 and 14, mm-hmm. we lo- we looked at Lot and the the battle of the five armies and. Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom and all of those things last week um, or the week before. And here in 15, I think, oh, and then Abraham went. He went up to Dan. He went and got Lot back. He defeated mm-hmm. those kings. Yep. And then the one king said, here, let me take, give you whatever you want. And Abram said, no, I swore a vow to the God. I swore a vow to God that I would not take anything from your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we're going to see in 15 how the Lord, where I think we saw Abram grow a little bit in 13 and 14, and now we're going to see the Lord's covenant with Abram in chapter 15. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this. This is uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, 
but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So that's pretty cool. That is, uh, I, I think, that is such an awesome promise from the Lord. Mm-hmm. To hear that type of promise for a man without any children, without any heirs. This is something that is incredibly concerning mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the father. If you remember back in Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 12, we see that promise God had made where he says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'll make your Absolutely, name great. Yep. All of these wonderful things. And now here in 15, we're kind of getting that these promises a little bit more codified, I guess, getting a little bit more information. No, you know, this servant isn't going to be your heir. You are going to have a son. Now, Abram is how old at this point? Is he about 75? Yeah, something like that. Somewhere in there? Mm-hmm. 75, yep. 80, somewhere? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a son. And he believes him, and it's credited to him as righteousness, something that Paul, the Apostle Paul will talk on quite a bit. Yeah, in Galatians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty cool. This is a pretty cool thing. You look like you got something you want to say. No, I'm just I'm just waiting for it because it's gonna, you know, I'm, I'm saying. Well, yeah, he says okay, he believes him, he's credited him as righteousness, and then in the next chapter, in the next chapter, it all falls apart. You know, I mean, <laughs> what? Why did he believe this? I, I mean, it says he believed it and said God credited credited him as righteousness, and God knows what he's going to do. Yet he is righteous at this point, but but he's. He's going he's gonna to look at God and say, how can this be when I'm 100 years old? Because he still ain't, he may be about 75. That, this boy, Ishmael, is going to be, what, 15, 14 when, when Isaac is born? So, yeah, this a, he's, he's about 85 or so or 80 or so, somewhere in that area. And it's going to be, a, a, you know, there's, there's kind of waffle in here. Because it's not, he's not going to really buy into it. It did say he believed it and it was credited to him as righteous. And I, 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 I understand that. But just a couple of chapters later, I mean, with the next chapter, he's either, he's either a sexist and he's a, you know, he's just a, a dirty old man, wants to sleep with his, with his good looking handmaiden, or he really doesn't believe what God just said, one or the other. You know, and it's interesting that Paul says that Abraham is the father of faith. Mm-hmm. Isn't our faith like this? Does it, isn't this what our faith does? I mean, we believe God, mm-hmm. right? Because we believe God, we pursue. We pursue after Christ. We follow him. We mm-hmm. walk in the light as he is in the light. Mm-hmm. And his blood continually cleanses us from all sin. But we don't always believe him. No. We, we worry. We struggle. We get frustrated. We get upset. You know, I was just talking the other day. Or I was just, I think it was today I was telling you. That, you know, we had this had this thing kind of on my mind, and I was stressing about it. And then, oh, lo and behold, I don't have to worry about it at all. And God's been working this whole thing out the whole time anyway. And mm-hmm. what am I worried about? What mm-hmm. am I stressed about? Mm-hmm. And he's done that over yeah. and over and over again in my life. And I told my wife, I said, the next time I start stressing about something, you need to remind me that God handles it. And she says, well, I do that already. And I said, well, you need to be real specific. <laughs> you know, you need to yeah. remind me of the, the yeah. exact times. Yeah. And I think that is what he's talking about here. I think I think, I think Abraham does believe him, but you know he has he has those points when he's weak. 
When the struggles come. When the struggles come. When yeah. some, when the temptation comes sometimes. When, when maybe his wife comes. starts to doubt a little bit and starts to nip at him a little bit. And he says, okay, you know, because, it, you know, it, his wife's going to get in the middle of this here in a minute. And I think it's, uh, I think that's probably what's going on. But uh, Well, and let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's keep going. I stopped in verse six. Let me, let me keep going here because this is an interesting dynamic. We need to talk about it. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans and to give you this land to take possession of it. Again, for the 15th time, this land, not some future mystical land that doesn't exist, this land, all right, the one of your sojourning, right? That's what the word says. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Wait a minute. It was good enough two verses ago that the Lord said it, you believed it, and it was righteousness. Now we're here in verse 9, excuse me, verse 8, just two verses down, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, but how can I know I'm going to yeah. get it? Yeah, you, you, that's what you said, but how can I know? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I reading that wrong? No, you're reading exactly right. That's what I was talking about. So you know? what, what changed? I, I don't understand why in verse 6, he's totally cool. He's like, yeah, okay, you said it, I believe you, boom. I think he does believe him. I think he does believe God. But he's, but he's saying, like we do, you know, okay, I believe you, but how's it going to happen? What's going to happen here? Okay. How's, it, how's this going to work out when I don't have any children? And it looks to me like I'm getting pretty much past the age when I can have children. Do I really want to raise a teenager when I'm 100? Mm. You know, okay, well, okay, so how are you going to work this out? You know, because I think we, I think we believe God. We believe in him. I know we do. But sometimes I'm wondering... Okay, well, how, how are you gonna do this? So maybe it's maybe it's not a maybe it's not a disbelief issue so much as it, it's a it's a. I don't, how are you gonna work it? I out? I don't think it's a disbelief. It I think happen? it's just quit inquisitive. Okay, you're like a little child. Okay, I got this, but you know how are we gonna do this? Right. How's this gonna get done? Because I really don't see it, it working here. I don't see this working out because from my perspective. You know, and here's where Abram's going to learn some stuff. He's going to learn that God really is an awesome God and really can do some things. That, and, and, but he's going to go through 15, 20 years where it ain't going to be so hot. Right. And it's going to be part of it because he's going to make, he's going to say, well, I need help. Uh, and I'll help. God never called and said, hey, Dan, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, he didn't call me up on the phone. You know, my phone was buzzing a while ago. You know, I don't even know who it was yet, but, you know, I'm sure it wasn't God saying, Danny jail. I need you help pull this plan off. You know, now he may use me, but he doesn't need my help to pull it off. Right. No. He doesn't not. need Abram's help. He's going to pull this off on his own. Said, uh, you know, how, you know, just when he said this has been credited him as righteous, and that is the truth. It was. Yeah. But you know, he said, "How am I? How's this going to happen? What, what's going to happen here? I don't, how am I going to? How am I going to gain? How will I know? You know, my I guess I'll know when my wife gets pregnant. <laughs> yeah. But you know, how am I going to know? Yeah. And then he says, uh, well, in verse nine, he says, "So the Lord said, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, mm-hmm. along with a dove and a young pigeon." Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds, the bird, then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. You know, as the sun was setting, he fell in a deep sleep, 
and he and he and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. You know, God's saying, Guy, I know you're looking for the little details now, but I'm let me let me let me share with you something that you're not even going to be alive for. Yeah. Your descendants. And that's the proof that here's proof that I'm going to got this. Your descendants, what he said. He said, your descendants. Well, Abram just said, how's that going to happen when I don't have any children? And God said, for 400 years, your descendants are going to be strangers in the country. That means there's going to be more than one of them. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more than a few of them. There's going to be more than a lot. That, you know, you, There's going to be more than a lot. So God's telling him here, just because it hadn't happened yet, doesn't mean I'm not going to pull it off. You know, and and but but Abram's looking at it and saying, I absolutely don't. You know, I, not that he doesn't believe, but I think he's you. Like the question you asked me a while ago, is, is have you ever been completely certain? I think he said, I, I believe it, but I ain't certain. I, I ain't mm. so sure how this going. How you gonna pull this off? I'm not sure. How you gonna do this? And and God's got it. I think that's something we need to learn here. We need to learn that that no matter what, God's got the, the issues of my life. He's mm-hmm. got it. He's already mapped it out. And all of my job, and I said this to my class the other day. I said, you know, you need to stop doing the saving part. You ain't any good at it. Start doing the following part. Mm-hmm. That's what we're good at. <laughs> not well, the saving part. We're not good at following. We keep well, trying to do the saving but part. <laughs> we can be better at the following part than the saving part, I promise you, because we can't do the saving part. That's not our job. Right. And we spend so much time getting these ideas in our head that we that we that we absolutely know for sure that God's going to do this this and that no you don't especially when it doesn't back up with this right you know you and I just heard it the other day you know yeah. we we heard some stuff and I'm going what you know that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't line up with what what God said well Abram's looking at it and he said well that don't make make any sense now here I'm 80 years old. I don't have any kids. And you said all my descendants are going to be living for 400 years in slavery. How's that going to work? I yeah. would like some clarification. Would you please? <laughs> you know? Have you ever, guys, have you ever looked at God and said, could you clarify just a little bit? I'd like some clarification, oh, please. You know, I, I, I know that you're involved. I know you're working, but something, you know, I, I, a little help here. Be nice. So, Well, in verse 17, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. So these would be the pieces that the animals mm-hmm. cut mm-hmm. in half. Uh, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants I give this land, this land, for the 80th time, mm-hmm. this land, from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. That land that they inhabited, they inhabited, that Abraham sojourned, that land. Not some land in some new creation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you didn't need to hear that, don't worry about it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. If you needed to hear that, peace. That's what the Word of God actually says. That's what it actually says. All right. So this is what we call the nation land promise. Mm-hmm. And this promise is fulfilled specifically during the reign of Solomon.
So in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 21, Okay. all right, the promise that God made to Abraham that his descendants would rule from the Wadi of Egypt to the Euphrates River. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 21. And Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. These counties, countries, excuse me, brought tribute and were Solomon's subjects all his life. So did God fulfill the nation land promise or not? Yep. Is yep. it right there? Yep. Pretty sure it says it in uh, Joshua as well, but I'm not going to go there right now. In Joshua, I, I know it says that all the promises God made to them was fulfilled. Correct. I don't so, know exactly where it is well, in Joshua, but it does say it right. in Joshua. I know that. So this is what I we, did not know about this one. See? Yeah. See? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. This is something I did not know. And it's important because it of the is. people that we're dealing with today, you know, maybe you're not dealing with them, but we deal with people um, sometimes, not a lot, but we deal with people that have a different idea about the land that Israel was given and when they're going to get it, right. then, then, then you may understand. Well, we're dealing with that. And this makes, this is important here because it's like when you talk into someone that, that has a doctrine different than ours. All right. Like, like a, a, a doctrine about salvation. Well, you know, I've got, I've got back of my Bible, I've got, you know, notes, you know, to, to, for these different things because I have to deal with them. And so when I've come across something, I said, oh, I didn't know that was there. Yes. So, I just learned something. See? Yeah, and so, if I think I know everything, <laughs> if I think I know, like, well, if I think I know everything, well, I just found out just now, they all found out I don't. Because I just found something I did not know. I did not know this was here. The reality is it's important to track these type of things. God makes a lot of different covenants and a lot of different promises throughout the Old Testament. Uh -huh. and it's important to be able to go back and say, okay, when were these things fulfilled? Yeah. And so this covenant specifically, this nation land promise that he makes in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Um, to your descendants, I give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. Um, that promise was fulfilled. He mm -hmm. absolutely fulfilled that promise. He fulfilled it um, in the time of Joshua. It was restated and fulfilled. I, I would say that it was fully fulfilled in the time of Solomon. That land was given to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. They had it. They ruled because it. Because Joshua was before Solomon. Well, and God also tells them in Deuteronomy that he's not going to drive out the people of the land before they're ready. Otherwise, wild beasts would come and inhabit it and beset themselves against the people. So God makes it very clear that it's going to happen in stages. And we see the completion of that process under Solomon. But he had already given them the land in Josh in the book of Joshua. God makes it clear over and over and over again. But I remember I remember going to the jail and Booty Pearson uh, teaching a class and he and he and I didn't know the significance of it then. I do now of, of saying that in the book of Joshua, he said, you see here, he said, God fulfilled every promise. There yes. are no promises left to be fulfilled for Israel. They all have, all have been fulfilled right. already. Yes. Well, and in the covenant uh, at Moab in Deuteronomy chapter 28 through 31, yes. throughout that whole process, God says, I'm not going to depopulate the land until you're ready to fill, you're, until you're ready to fill it. Yeah. And so under the, during the time of Solomon, we kind of see the fulfillment of yeah. that. Yeah. It's not that they didn't have the land. They did. When Joshua went in, they drove out the majority of the inhabitants, but there were still pockets yeah. around. And we see, all I'm saying is we see the fullness of that fulfillment. But there were, but the there were, but there were times when, 
when they they did not. That's why they got punished because they did not do what they were supposed to do. Correct. Saul does not do. King Saul does not do what he's supposed to do. Well, and does not utterly destroy a nation of people that he's told to do. Correct. And he gets in trouble because of it. Well, and even on even on the judges cycle. So yes. after the book of Joshua, we have the book of Judges, and and, and during the judges. You know, we see that revolving door where the Israelites would and sin and follow the people. And we're going to get there at some point, right. and, we'll, and we'll bring that back up. We're going to constantly be harping on these covenants and sh- demonstrating that they yeah. all have been fulfilled. Yeah. Because many of them have been fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so. and many of and you know, like when we get to chapter 17, we're going to look in, in Colossians where, where it, it, that's just only the covenant that was given to Abraham is a type of what we're going to go through now. You know, what we go through now in in a different kind of way of fulfilling of that covenant. Now, if you've been paying attention to what the scriptures that we're going through, you notice some really weird stuff in this chapter. Abram took a bunch of animals, cut them in half, Mm -hmm. and then he fell asleep, or darkness, right? It said when the sun had set and darkness had had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. What is going on here? <laughs> so we actually have a record. This is the way they used to make covenants. Notice it says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. This is the way they used to make covenants. And the value of the covenant would be based on the animal that was hewn in two. And so notice what, what's used here is um, an oxen. He says, where is it? Uh, Right, so he takes a goat, a ram, a heifer, and a dove, and a young pigeon. So mm-hmm. all of these different animals he takes. This is an incredible. This is a multi-million-dollar contract. Is what's going on here? Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to understand. And in antiquity, we have his the history in histories. Um, we have record of ancient people making covenants just like this where they would cut these animals in half and then the two parties would pass through the covenant together. Um, there's, it has a lot to do with blood and everything else, but that's what's going on here. It's, it's just a covenant. Um, this fire pot and this... Um, well, well, God's going to tell them that, that the significance of blood later on when he, when he connects the law, going to tell them the significance of blood is absolutely paramount. The significance of blood to God. You know, that's it, why... Animals were sacrificed when they covered Adam and Eve's sin, you know, and, and it's always about blood. Blood is sprinkling the temple and sprinkling the law and, and everything. It's sprinkling the people with the blood. And it's paramount to God. That, it is. That blood is going to be significant. That's why for us in the Lord's Supper, you know, the, the taking of the juice is so important because, because it is significant to God of the shedding of the blood of the perfect sacrifice. And what she's been, what she's been getting to, and that seed is in this, is in this man. Correct. You know, that's where that seed's going to come from. So, so it, that it so absolutely is. If you're looking at this and you're going, what is going on? They cut these animals in half. He's mm-hmm. passing through it. What's what's going on here? That's what's going on. This is a covenant. This is God saying, this is how you know to answer Abram's question, Sovereign Lord. How can I know that I will gain possession of it? God says, this is how it's going to happen. And here I've made a covenant with you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this is. God has sworn that, by his that, own power and, to do this. And that this. was, the book of Hebrews tells us that, that, you know, when God swears an oath, he cannot go back on his oath. He cannot tell a lie. Oh, that's right. And he, and he makes a promise. He has to keep the promise. It's not like we are, where we make a promise all the time and don't fulfill the promises. We swear, I swear, and don't do nothing with it. 
That's not how God operates. He can't operate that way. Because if he says, I promise, and that's what this covenant is, I promise. What did he promise? I promise that you're going to have descendants that are going, and you're going to have this land, and you're going to have these descendants. This is what's going to happen. I promise. And he can't say, he can't go back now and say, oh, I, 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 sorry, change my mind. He can't do that. God can't do that. And he won't do that. So, so that's what that's why we can absolutely take this to the bank. We still we know absolutely for sure that and Abram is starting to gonna start to know now. That's why what he does yeah. next doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and Abram's grown a lot. I think that's why this covenant. So what occurs. you're saying is he's growing. I think he's growing. Okay. I do. I do think he's growing. Uh I think God that's how what God expects of his people. He expects his he doesn't expect his people to be perfect. He knows they're not going to be, but he does expect them to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think we see Abram growing here in this chapter. I think we see him growing in the last two chapters. You know, he tells Lot, hey, go whichever way. Go mm-hmm. whichever way. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about which way I'm going. You choose. I'll go the opposite. Mm-hmm. Now we see Lot had some lessons to learn, and he doesn't really learn them. We know that. We're going to get into those less, those things later. Mm-hmm. But Abram does grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we see when he goes off, he, he picks up the fighting men from the company, and he goes, and he takes off after him, and he comes back victorious. And he tells the guy, look, I'm not interested in your money. Keep your money. He tells the king of Sodom, keep your money. I'm not interested in it. <laughs> I don't want you to say that you've made me rich. Why? Because that's something God had promised. He gives a tenth to Melchizedek, the priest and king of Salem. Right. Yes, so, sir. you know, he's operating on faith i think in 13 and 14 that's what we're seeing we're seeing abram take some serious steps of operating on faith and then here in chapter 15 we get it confirmed because god says this is what it's going to be and he says hey i believe you i I think it i think it's important for us to understand something here okay this guy's going to is growing he is growing i I understand what you're saying he's 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 learning about god he's learning what god wants him to do and then in 16 he's going to take five steps back He's gonna fall right on his face, and, and that's and I think I think that's great for us to learn. Oh yeah, because that's exactly what happens to us. He's no different than we are. That's right. We learn and learn and learn, and we and we apply all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, bang, we're face down the dirt because we made a mistake. We didn't camp on what we knew. We didn't camp on what we learned, and now we've made a huge mistake. And the beauty of this is God picks him up, dusts him off, and says, "Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna fix that problem too." Man, what a God we deal with, man. What an, If you don't have a relationship with him, guys, man, uh, call us. Yeah. I would love to sit down with you because I'm telling you, having a relationship with this God, because if you if you read ahead and you read chapter 16, he's going to make a huge mistake. Yes. That's going to affect us even to this day. Oh, yeah. Affects us even today. And, and it has consequences far-reaching, then he can't, he can't even begin to understand the consequences of what he's fixing to do. And after God has just done this sign of this covenant and all of this, you know, and so when you fall down and you find yourself face down in the dirt, and you will, remember, God still loves you. And if you don't have that relationship, he wants to give you that relationship. He wants you to have that relationship. That's what this is all about is bringing the seed to the world to bless all nations. That includes you. If you're reading ahead and you're seeing what a mess up Abraham is, take comfort because he's the father of faith. That's exactly right. It's just that simple. And 
I am thankful every day that we have a father that made mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. That we had somebody like Abraham who is someone I, who it, had that faith and yeah. he messed up and God was gracious to even him. It's what I said this morning when we did the Devo for the men's breakfast. You know, we ought to be thankful that God can take such many diverse men and put them into a covenant relationship, mm-hmm. into, a, into a place where we have, because most of us would not have ever crossed paths Right. In a good way, yeah. ever, and it, and that's a that is amazing thought that we have that kind of a God who loved this guy enough and loved us enough to to weed through all of this nonsense that he's going to do because he is going to do some. That's right. And then and yet, but he's still he's learning and he's growing and his faith is growing even though he's going to find himself face down in the dirt. God's going to pick him up and say it's okay, it's okay. I got this. When you fall face down in the dirt, you know what God can say in this relationship with him. It's okay. I got this. Yeah. I'll fix it. I'm okay. I, I still love you. You're okay. I still love you. That's amazing to me. That's awesome. You know, that I can say 100% absolutely for sure that God loves me. That I can say. And I, you know what I know? That is not a lie. That is the truth. God loves me. He loves you. He loves us. He wants desperately to save us. That's, That's what right. he wants. So that we can bank on and can say absolutely unequivocally, 100%, that is the truth. How radical is his grace? Oh, it's amazing. It's It's amazing. It's awesome. Look in the mirror and and tell yourself you deserve it. Then you know how radical it is. Because none of us can do that. (laughs) None of us can do that. Let's pray, brother. We'll be done. Father in heaven, thank you so much for for the grace that you shower on us, the grace and and the power that you're st- starting to show us through Abram and, and the situation he finds. He's going to find himself face down in the dirt. And you're going to pick him up, dust him off, and teach us a valuable lesson. So many years later, you're going to teach us a valuable lesson that when you say, I'll love you, and when you say, I'll make a promise, you love and you promise, and you're a promise keeper. Thank you, Father, for that. Bless us as we move forward. Help us to grow. Help us to get better. Help us to draw closer to you so that we can be everything that you envision us to be. Thank you, Father. And it's in the name of your Holy Son we pray. Amen. Amen.